some people can just bring out the best of others. And I'm guessing that each of you has probably experienced that in your life, probably with a boss, with a teacher, with a coach. You know, we've all had this experience of somebody who makes us feel insanely smart and capable. And yet we've also sadly had that diminishing experience with somebody who made us question our own intelligence. And so this is sort of, you know, the essence of our work that we've found, you know, there are diminishers and diminishers look out and when they see sort of people, they don't see a very smart, talented group of people. They actually kind of think that they're the smartest in the room. And this assumption about people, it drives their behaviors and they act in very specific ways. On the flip side, multipliers, they have this view of humanity. When they look out, they see talent and abundance and intelligence. And this view of people, it drives their behaviors in very different ways. So multipliers and dimensions. Hey there, my friend. Welcome to the Powerful and Passionate Healthcare Professionals Podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina. I am a cardiothoracic surgery PA with a background in public health and neuroscience. I'm also your peak performance coach. I had to say no to working extreme long hours where I was always on call and feeling exhausted, underappreciated, and undervalued, and said heck yes to a life and career that elevates my energy and passion without compromising my health and sanity. Now, I'm among the mission to support ambitious healthcare professional like you with a demanding career to become a confident leader who are living purposefully and fulfilled to truly be both a powerhouse in your career and a passionate person in life. Let's start our journey today. The Multiplier is one of my favorite leadership books. And one of my friends gave that to me. And when I read it, I'm like, all right, let me take my quiz. What is my diminisher? I think all of us have this energy. Even if you don't think you're a leader, you are. If you're working with anybody and you have a conversation, that conversation means influence. You want to try to deliver a message somehow in a different way. And how to get other people to bring out their ability and their inner genius that's what this book is about. And I love it that Alyssa, is, she is a head training director and a master practitioner of the Wiseman Group. And she manages and certifies uh, the new multipliers practitioners. And she teaches the multiplier for TWG clients and develops new contents for the Wiseman Group. Um, she is passionate about coaching and supporting leaders to bring out the best of everyone in their team. Welcome, Alyssa. Thank you, Sabrina. Thank you for having me. And when you think about intelligence, I really want you to be thinking about your own genius. You know, sort of, we all have something that we're innately just good at, that we're skilled at. And, you know, so I want you to think about what your native genius is. I know that one of my native geniuses is collaborating. And I'm just, I'm really good at working with people. It's sort of like my skill. It's something I'm good at. And so I just love to, you know, celebrate genius, have you think about your genius. And at the Wiseman Group, we're really, we're a research and insight firm. And what we're really interested in researching is how do you leverage 
intelligence from those around you. And Sabrina led into this really well when she said, like, you might not think you're a leader, right? In the healthcare profession, if you're a doctor or a physician assistant or whatever role you play, you're still a leader and you still have the ability to get the very best from those around you. And that's really what Multipliers is about. So I'm going to direct you to this website just as a resource for later. There's a ton of freebies there that you're going to want to download to make sure that you can lead more like a multiplier. But first, I wanted to share with you a very short video. See if the sound plays. What is the fate of the smart and the talented? The corporate world finds smart, talented people and promotes them into management. But many of these leaders never look beyond their own capability to see the full genius on their team. Have you ever worked around someone who makes you feel smarter and more capable? We call these leaders multipliers. Have you ever worked around someone who made you question your own intelligence? We call these leaders diminishers. They may hire smart people, but they quickly put other people in the background. They are smart leaders, but they shut down the smarts of others. Diminishers come at such a high cost, they waste talent and intellect that sits right in front of them. Organizations can't afford diminishers. Multipliers come from all walks of life, from corporate boardrooms to our school's classrooms. They are leaders like Lut Ziob, Bill Campbell, Wangari Mathai, and many more. These people are real, and the way they lead can be learned and it can be developed. What would happen in your organization if you operated more like a multiplier? Imagine what is possible with access to all the intelligence that sits in your organization. So the reason that I always like to share that and start with the video level set of what multiplier leadership is, right? It's this idea that some people can just bring out the best of others. And I'm guessing that each of you has probably experienced that in your life, probably with a boss, with a teacher, with a coach. You know, we've all had this experience of somebody who makes us feel insanely smart and capable. And yet we've also sadly had that diminishing experience with somebody who made us question our own intelligence. And so this is sort of, you know, the essence of our work that we've found, you know, there are diminishers and diminishers look out. And when they see sort of people, they don't see a very smart, talented group of people. They actually kind of think that they're the smartest in the room. And this assumption about people, it drives their behaviors and they act in very specific ways. On the flip side, multipliers, they have this view of humanity. When they look out, they see talent and abundance and intelligence. And this view of people, it drives their behaviors in very different ways. So multipliers and diminishers, you know, very different sets of behaviors. Certainly, you've likely experienced a multiplier and a diminisher in your life. And what we have found that's so interesting in this research is that multipliers, they get two times the amount of intelligence creativity, discretionary effort than diminishers do just by changing their behavior. And so that's what we're really interested in is like, what are the things you can do to really increase your multiplier moments? Now, it would be easy in so many ways if we lived like in this world where things were black and white, right? People were either diminishers or they were multipliers. But that's not, we all know that if any, like the world is full of shades of gray. And so This to me is where it gets really interesting in our research. And I want to share with you and have you think about with the very best of intention, 
how you might be shutting down intelligence of people around you. Now, the accidental diminisher, we found that, sure, there are some people that are just natural multipliers. You know, on the far right, everything they do, they just naturally bring out the best of people. And certainly, I aspire to be one of those people. On the far left, there may be some people who are just out-and-out diminishers. I struggle a little bit more with these people because I have yet to meet anybody who wakes up in the morning and just sort of, you know, says like, I can't wait to go to work today and just squash the intelligence of my team. I just, I don't believe that people have that intent. And so what it means is that most of us are walking around shutting down intelligence without even realizing what we're doing. So what I want to share with you is I want to share nine very quick ways that are the most common ways that people shut down intelligence. And you don't have to put this in chat. You don't have to sort of self-divulge, but I do want you to think, Ooh, how might I be shutting down intelligence? Now, this doesn't have to be in a boss supervisor kind of role. This happens with colleagues at work. I'm a parent of two boys, nine and 11, and how I diminish at home is probably very different than how I diminish in my workplace. You know, so you can think about and apply this to all areas of your life because really, why not bring out the best of everybody around us, right? So here are the nine most common ways. And I want you just to think about how are you shutting down intelligence? And then I'm going to give you some quick workarounds. So here's the first one. This is the idea fountain. You know, the intention is that you're going to plant seeds. You're going to like share ideas and it's going to spark thinking for other people. And yet that's not the reality of what happens. What do you do? What happens if you work with somebody or you're always the person with the best ideas? Their experience is like, they don't know which ideas to chase. You know, they don't even have to come up with any of their own thinking or share their ideas because you're sharing all of yours. So if you're the idea guy or gal, the idea fountain, you might actually be shutting down the ideas of other people. Now, here's another one. You're the always on. You know, your intention is that you think that your energy and your enthusiasm will spark energy and enthusiasm in other people. So positive intent And yet what we find is that it has some negative repercussions, that the experience of those around you can find you very draining, you know, that it's the opposite of what you intend. If somebody can't moderate themselves, what do we do? We sort of just like tune them out because they're so exhausting. So that's one way. Another way. The third way is this is a very noble way. And I see this a lot. So I'm a former teacher. I worked in the K-12 space. And I see this a lot in the medical profession and in the education profession because we're helpers, right? But we can actually shut down intelligence by rescuing people, by swooping in and like saving them, by you know solving their problems for them that without them solving themselves. Our intent is that we're that heroic firefighter. We're going to save the day. We're going to make things better. And yet we can leave people feeling very helpless, sometimes almost humiliated. You know, their experience is very different than what we intended. Another one is a pace setter. This one is certainly one that I'm guilty of. You know, I want to get out there in front and show my team how sort of the pace and the quality of the work to be done. I want to roll up my sleeves and do the work. And yet sometimes, you know, when people can't keep up with us, it has a very different experience. Their experience is like, I don't know if I want to keep that pace. So I'm just going to like shut down and hang back. I think of this a lot with my my kids. I mentioned I have two boys, nine and 11. And, you know, if I want to get 
when we used to go to school from the school to the car at the end of the day, you know, I'd play this game, like let's race on your market set, go. And we'd run. And most times I would do, you know, the good mom thing, or maybe it's the tired mom thing where I would let them win. But every now and then I would think there's not very much longer that I could beat them. So I would say on your market set, go. And I would run and I would forget that I was racing children. I would get to the car and I would be so proud of myself. I would turn around and they were walking. I'm like, why are you guys walking? Oh, it's not a race today, they would say. Well, that's what happens sometimes in the workplace. You know, with best intention, we're wanting to set the pace or the quality and we end up shutting down the experience for other people. A couple more that I want to share. I don't know if any of these are resonating with you, but hopefully, you know, you see yourself, you might see yourself in more than one of these. Another way that we fail to bring out the best of people is rapid responder. You know, we've got a lot to do. Let's be efficient. The idea is agility and I'm going to pounce on things, check things off my list. Unfortunately, we don't allow space for other people to share their best thinking. And so they end up just kind of like hanging out and they're not able to give their best. Here's another one, optimist. Now you may be thinking, Alyssa, this is crazy. We're in a pandemic. We need optimism. And of course, with all of these things, we need good ideas. We need optimistic leaders, but to a degree. And so remember, all of our work is about getting the best intelligence, creativity from people. Now to do that as an optimist, you may believe your intention is to cheer them on top of the summit, like rah, rah, we got this team. You can do this. The problem though, is that their experience is likely to feel a lot more like this. You know, they don't feel appreciated for their efforts. They see struggle and you start to look as a leader who's a little out of touch with reality, maybe a little Pollyanna-ish. Another one, protector. You know, we want to create environments. I'm guilty of this with my kids, right? A safe space. And so, no, you can't go out on your bike alone today. Or the problem is that without any risk, learning doesn't happen. And so just like a banyan tree, while we want to provide a safe and comfortable place for our colleagues or our team, the problem is nothing grows there. So if you work for a protector or with a protector, your experience is likely to be stilted where you're not able to grow. Strategist. A strategist is like the big visionary thinker. You know, your intent is to paint this compelling vision of the future. The problem is, is that if you work with or for a strategist, you're relegated to a very small piece of the puzzle. And so you stop sharing your thinking. You learn very quickly that it's easier just to delegate and let the boss do the big thinking. And then the last one that I want to share here is perfectionist. And the perfectionist, your intent is that you believe that people are capable of getting to that perfect A plus paper. Um, The problem is, is that to get them there, you tend to, you know, maybe over give feedback. And so their experience can feel a lot like this, where they tend to see blood loss and, you know, it's like sacrifice, like their work just seems torn apart. And so they just shut down, they shut down sharing their intelligence. So nine very different ways that we shut down intelligence of people around us with the very best of intention. And that's really important here because we do these nine strategies. If you have resonated with any of these, we do these because they work for us. In fact, we might've even been trained at some point to do these things, right? We might even get accolades for them. I know I have the tendency to be a rescuer, like, oh, we know, Alyssa, you'll solve the problems. Well, that can be great in some instances, but it's certainly not helping to bring out the best of people around me. 
So here's the good news. The good news is, is that you're now aware of how you might be shutting down intelligence, but like anything, once with awareness comes responsibility. So once you know that you're shutting down intelligence, you have a responsibility to shift your behavior. And that's where I think it becomes really interesting and really fun. I'm going to share with you three very easy strategies to get you to lead more like a multiplier. But at this point, if you're wondering, you're like, Hey, Alyssa, like you went through that lightning fast. I don't really know which accidental diminisher I am. You can go to our website. You can take this really fun, easy quiz. It'll take you just a couple of minutes and it'll give you your results. We'll tell you how likely you are to diminish people around you and which one you're probably guilty of. But regardless of how you're diminishing, all of these diminishing behaviors can be replaced with what we like to call multiplier habits. So I'm just going to share three very quickly with you of ways that you can shift your behavior. You know, as a diminisher, we like to give people answers. And so to lead more like a multiplier, to create more multiplier moments in a workday or in your home, simply shift from giving answers to asking better questions. And it's really like this subtle shift. You know, I remember when I first started working with Liz, my kids were very small and I was doing some complaining. I don't know what bedtime is like at your house, but back when my kids were small, it was sort of like chaos. Like I wasn't yelling at my kids, but I was constantly telling them what to do. You know, like, okay, after dinner, it's bath time. Go get in the bath. Okay. After bath, get in your pajamas, brush your teeth. No, put toothpaste on your, you know, toothbrush. Like I was constantly telling them what to do. And I was complaining to Liz about this and I wasn't really looking for an answer. I was just sort of doing recreational complaining, but she said to me, she said, you know, Alyssa, I'm going to give you a challenge. Like, what if you just ask questions? What if you just, when you get home, you asked your kids nothing but questions. And I thought to her, like, are you crazy? Like my kids are young. And like, there's three hours from the time I get home from work till bedtime. She said, just questions. So I did. And I went home and, you know, I started asking after dinner, you know, what do we do after dinner? Well, we take a bath. Well, what do we do after we take a bath? Well, we put on our pajamas. Well, what do we do after, you know? And so I just kind of kept asking these questions and my kids knew what to do. And, you know, after this series of asking nothing but questions, they sort of got into bed and I was left standing there thinking, who are these children? Because yesterday, I'm pretty sure they didn't know how to do this. And what I learned from this was it profoundly changed, not only how I led at home, but how I led at work, that people are more capable than we give them credit for. And so I shifted from having answers, from telling people what to do, to really challenging myself to ask questions and just to start asking questions to find out how much they really knew. So that's the first one. Now, We've also, you know, we're in sort of this crisis edition of coronavirus. And so what I would say and what we recommend is like, when you ask a question, there's a couple of things, have some back pocket questions ready to go. If you're going into a meeting, you might want to pre-plan some questions that'll help you elicit intelligence of other people. And then when you ask your question, get really comfortable with wait time, kind of follow that five second rule to allow people to jump in and share their intelligence. Okay, next strategy that I want to share with you is hire smart people to shift from just thinking about like having hiring smart people 
to thinking about how can I use their native genius? You know, I started this by saying everybody has a native genius. I love to get really curious about people, even listening to Sabrina. And I have an idea for each of you what your native genius is. You know, think about like, get really curious about people. Everybody's good at something. And if you can, if you can identify people's native genius, then you're able to tap into it. So get curious about people and see if you can identify that native genius. Now, here's our sort of crisis tip on that is when you're working with people and you've identified their native genius, a really great thing right now is to double up on that appreciation and to actually share it with them. You know, people could really use any sorts of extra kudos. And a lot of times when we're really innately good at something, it's sort of like asking fish about the water. You may not realize that it's something that you do. It comes to you so easily. So having somebody call that out to you is a real gift. And that's something that you can gift your colleagues, your team is noticing their native genius and calling it out for them. All right, here's the third one. This is the third small shift I'm going to give you. You know, we all want innovation, right? We want to spend time. We want to be more innovative in the work we do. To get that, we need to shift to making space for mistakes and allowing people to share their mistakes. One of the things that we found in our research is that people will not take risks in areas that they think it's not okay to fail. If there's an area that you want your team to excel in or to take some calculated risk, you have to make sure they know it's okay to make mistakes. Now, one of the things we can do as a leader in sort of this crisis edition is we can actually model that by talking up our own mistakes, you know, sharing how we made a mistake, what we learned from it, and create that culture where it's okay to make a mistake as long as the cost of the mistake is less than the learning that took place or that resulted from the mistake that was made. So three pretty easy, simple shifts that you can make to have more multiplier moments in your life. One of the things that we like to talk and think about at the Wiseman Group is there's a lot of accolades that go with being a genius. You know, you it's tempting. You can be like the person with all of the answers, but I contend that it's so much more powerful if you really try to unleash the genius of those around you. So couple of things that you can do is to go to the website that I put in the chat, really get clear on your own accidental diminishing behavior, and then work to extinguish that. Work to extinguish how you diminish and you know, see if you can increase those multiplier moments by some of those quick shifts that I shared with you. I think this is amazing. I think majority of, if you think about if we dive deep into the book and the quiz, it is focusing on how can we highlight ourselves, right? We're proud. We just get so excited being in the team and he's recognizing these potential diminishers, right? And then sometimes when I took the quiz, I'm like, oh yeah, that definitely happened, right? But if we even notice that and next time it will be easier, I'm like, don't jump the gun too much, right? Like let them do it. It's okay, right? Trust people. I think all of us, especially the high achievers, we tend to want to be in control. And that's why I talk about these mental sabotage we have is that we feel like, well, if I just plan it out for people, it's so much easier for them. But if you have them in a box, they no longer think for themselves. And so it's awesome that these 
different categories into the diminisher and then really seeing how we can become the multiplier for our team. So if anybody haven't read that book, I would highly recommend that you getting it. There's a physical copy and it's also available on Audible. And if you have free library, it's something you can also borrow as well. And of course I post it the website into our chat box and it's also in your workbook. So you can get all those extra bonuses from Alyssa and the Westman's group. And I so appreciate you. So what about you, Alyssa? Uh, when you took the uh, personal assessment, what were you thinking? You know, it was actually, thank you for sending it and reminding me. I was not a rapid responder on that one, but it was great to, I think, really take a moment and pause and reflect. And it was pretty spot on with where I am and where I hope to be. Always room for improvement, but I so appreciated having the opportunity to do that. So thank you. Awesome. Uh, And I think you spending time to regrow, impact those beautiful minds of yours. And you choose to spend time with all of us as a team, as a community, when we're talking about connectivity and also about being multipliers. Just by being here, you commenting, you're actively learning yourself. You're also encouraging other people to be here and to grow with you. All right, my friend, how did you love this episode? Make sure to subscribe to our show so you can continue to build your positive intelligence for that beautiful mind of yours to live powerfully and passionate. I know this just the tip of the iceberg. You probably have a lot more questions on actually how do I implement those things into my own life? Well, this is the solution. Joining us inside the private Facebook group go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash powerful passionate where I go live weekly to answer any questions that you have and continue to put more resources for you to help you to get to that point. You can be both powerful and passionate where you're no longer working on any mundane work and truly focusing on the things that matter. You can be both powerful and passionate where you can overcome any mental roadblocks keeping you from success. You can be both powerful and passionate where you feel energized from the moment you woke up to the time you go to bed. Join me and together we can create a life where you can be both powerful and passionate.